0: It's the internet, you're busy, so let's do this. Welcome to the Games Beat Decides podcast. This is the podcast where we decide everything about the world of games so you don't have to think for yourself. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is Anthony Agnello. Did I say that right? I feel like I got it perfectly incorrect.
1: You got it perfectly in one, Jeff. Everybody right. always gets the Italianness ness <clears throat> incorrect, but you nailed it.
0: Agnello. There we go. Uh, and Jason Wilson. Say hello, Jason.
2: Ah, you know, your 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 bass, your bass beat that you played down there with that intro music makes me want to get my tuba out.
0: <laughs> you should. Honestly, you should just actually do that for us from now on. Play our intro music live every week. I'd, oh, I'd appreciate Lord. that. Uh, in this week's episode, we're going to talk about the news, some games, and the history of killing Nazis in said video games. Uh, first, though, I want to thank everyone for joining us. You can get more from all of us at GamesBeat at GamesBeat.com. If you have something to share with us, email the podcast at games plus podcast at venturebeat.com. That's the plus sign. Uh, if you're watching on Facebook, you can get you can subscribe to this, uh, the audio version on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, a bunch more. And finally, if you are on one of those services, give us a review. It helps people find the show. Um, yeah, let's kind of just jump right into it. I, I've been playing a few games, but if, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Anything you've been up to in the past weeks that you guys have been uh, enjoying?
1: I feel like we're we're going to be talking about the game of the hour. I know that both you and I have been playing it, Jeff, and I know I don't know if Jason started it. I know that you have your hands on it now, Jason, but I feel like Sonic Mania is is I was going to go with like some kind of horrible '80s and early '90s advertising pun to be like Sonic Mania's is taken hold. But I don't, I don't feel good
0: about I it. I think that point. was in the intent there. think yes. like, like, Sega was going for it. You might as well just embrace just it. Just live. Embrace well, the brands. You
2: know, when it, when it comes to Sonic, this has always been my policy. It's a
1: trap! It's a trap!
0: <laughs> Man, do you just have that sitting around so you could do that?
1: I don't know. Damn it, Jason. Jason, I think it used to be a trap. I think the age oh, of oh, yeah. you know, Sega coming in and promising us... Because this this is the difference. Sonic team always laid the traps. Sonic Team mm-hmm. constantly came in and said, oh, we've learned our lessons. We know you don't want Sonic Blast, so we're going to give you Sonic Adventure, which has all the sweet Big the Cat and and Strange Robot and Amy Rose you desire. Oh, no, we were just kidding. You, you don't need Sonic Adventure. We're <laughs> going to make you Sonic, Sonic Unleashed. You guys wanted Sonic to be a werewolf. With some kind of... It looks like he has rickets or something. I don't even know why he walks that way. Those are all all Sonic Team games.
0: It's a werewolf who rides his bicycle to work. They've been reading my fan fiction. (laughs) Finally.
1: They gave you everything you wanted, Jeff.
0: That's right. I was the one person calling for that, and I apologized many times. I'm not going to do it again.
1: You know, I Uh, I don't have... Yeah, but
0: no, you're right. It's the Sonic Cycle.
1: Yeah. people get into
0: it they think the next one's gonna be be okay and it's, it never is until until now but this game is made by victims of the sonic cycle yeah.
1: <laughs> who took matters exactly. into
2: their own hands i have a far different opinion of sonic because i was never into it when it first came out many many years ago there. and you know i was playing you know my DD gold box games so you know when it comes to sonic for me it's just been something that's never been special but i'm gonna check it out because my son he's seven and he's very interested in what sonic is Hmm. and i can't really explain it
0: yeah how does that happen Uh, this is this is the great curiosity to curiosity to to me is still every day it seems like there are new sonic fans made and i just have no idea how that is physically possible
1: yeah jason's jason's got it
2: books comics is is it the the archie comic books He sees the comics in the library. He sees the comics in the comic book store whenever we run in that way. And he, you know, I may not like the Sonic games, but I enjoy some of the music and he'll hear it on one of my playlists in the car or at
0: home. Good music for sure. So, okay, well, then let's get into Sonic Mania. That is one of the games I've been playing. I haven't played it a ton, but I got into it far enough to get to that boss battle that everyone is just, like, okay with mentioning exists, but it actually won't detail in any ways, and I don't think we will yet either because it is a big spoiler, but I'm glad I played it before I got spoiled, and everyone else should as well. Um, it's, uh, it is it is the Sonic game I think Sonic fans from the original 16-bit era have been waiting for. Hmm. Uh, th- this is the series uh, at its sort of... At its peak, but also returning to its roots and doing a lot of interesting new things, but within the framework that always worked in the first place. Where it's a character that does go fast, it has a lot of momentum. Uh, if you're stopping to to kind of like look around and explore, you're probably playing it wrong, and that's okay. Um, yeah, I, and I I'm kind of into it. I, I never really liked, I never loved Sonic before. I liked a few of the games here and there, Sonic CD and Sonic Two and stuff like that. But uh, I could have I could have taken it or leaving or left it, you know, at the time. Uh, so to, to play this and actually be like, oh wow, I, I think I might really like this game. It's sort of surprising, and I'm happy that's the case.
1: Yeah, man. I so this is the funny thing. I, I a friend of mine uh, described Sonic Mania in his review as playing like you remember Sonic playing. Yeah. Uh, not as it actually played, and I I can I can attest to the truth of that statement because. Not that long ago, I just set up a uh, brand, well not brand new, but a new to me uh, Sega CDX, which was one oh, of the, wow. one of the uh, units that combined the Sega CD and the Genesis into one little thing, and I busted out all these Genesis games that I either had never played or hadn't played in years, including Sonic One, 2, 3, Sonic and Knuckles, and S- Sonic CD. And I can tolerate playing them. For about 20 minutes at a beat. You know, you you get it. That's a long time. It is, especially (laughs) for those games. Twenty minutes is freaking. You know, a good solid fifth of Sonic Two, and all of them are gorgeous. You know, Jason, you said it. The music in those old games is so good. I mean, hell, Sonic CD. The best part is the soundtrack. Whether you're playing the Japanese version or the American version, the music in that game is stellar. But the the level design, as sort of inspired as it is, and in the sprawling architecture meant to accommodate the weird movement of this character is so, so cool, but it's kind of miserable to play. Like, the, the constant accidental deaths, the weird arc of Sonic's jump, uh, you know, it, it, it's just tedious. You know, at the end of the day, it's way more fun to watch classic Sonic games than it is to actually play them, whereas Sonic Mania both looks like a classic Sonic game, but better, and is actually fun to play. It's really interesting to see how they, you know, sort of softened the hard edges of that game. You know, it, it, you, there's there's a little bit more of a forgiving uh, feel to the jumps in Sonic Mania than in the old games. It, it just gives you the impression of classic Sonic without really being that it's, it's kind of a whole new game. Um, Jeff, did you get to, and this isn't spoiling anything. People have seen this in some of the previews, the earliest footage they showed of the game. One of the areas you go to is like TV studio themed.
0: Yeah. That's where I'm at. That's what I was playing uh, earlier. Uh, It's the last level. I kind of got to, I got to the second act of that uh, zone. Oh, It's so cool. It's really, it's really great. It's really excellent. Um, it, it, there is so much happening in the foreground and the background and it's all themed as a, it's called studiopolis and it's themed the theme is a TV studio. You're jumping off cameras. Uh, you're going through satellite like feeds and things like that as Sonics, like, you know, bouncing past them and stuff. It, it's really well done and well thought out. And it, it is the time where I like, it's a, it was at that point in the game. I'm like, wow, someone, you know, the, the, the designers of these stages visually just were, worked in such a cohesive manner to bring all of this to life and have every aspect aspect of it feel like alive and beautiful and still fit in that Sonic style. Uh, yeah, it really blew me away. Yeah, there's never that moment
1: that you get in an old Sonic game where either you feel like the game sort of cheated you. Out of what you were supposed to do, you know, like, oh, I couldn't find the special stage that was going to give me the Chaos Emerald, or I, you know, got trapped in some kind of piece of geometry where, you know, I can't get past this dumb casino platform. There's never a moment like that in Sonic Mania. Mm -hmm. And I've only, I've only played through three of the worlds and started the fourth but I am amazed at how well-considered every little inch of it is. Because, like you were saying, everything in the foreground, in the studio stage, you know, there's there's these big glass panels that are just exploding as you run yeah. through them. And it's so <laughs> cool. Really do that. It looks so cool. Mm-hmm. But at the exact same time, that could just be the sort of visual flash that gets you killed in an old Sonic game. And here so, it just psh,
2: works so, so good. So I have a question for the two of you. Uh, you know, I, I know a fellow named Christian Whitehead Mm. who was a huge Sonic fan and big in the scene of folks who are remaking the games um, with fan versions with a, um, did he improve upon the original games and fix those mistakes in his fan versions or were they just ways to play them on on more modern systems?
1: Well, he very famously did a conversion of Sonic one uh, that was actually, he, he did the version of Sonic 1 that was on iPhone. and Yeah, it is, I know that. Yeah, and that version is in a lot of ways more playable than the original Sonic. Right. It's very, very soft changes, but, you know, it. the only yeah, it's way... It's not you, the same thing as what, what happened here. Yeah, it's not this. And it's also, you kind of don't notice the changes in that until you put it next to other really crappy ports of Sonic 1. Uh, like, there's the Game Boy Advance version, which was done by Dimps, who also did the, the catastrophic Sonic the Hedgehog 4, which came out back in 2010 uh, as two episodes for PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. And when you still waiting for episode three, <laughs> yeah, episode three it's coming soon coming this fall <laughs> right after Sonic forces. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah yeah Jason it's not it's not nearly as dramatic as this. So is it, no, is he it fair was
0: he experimented a little bit there and he brought it and this is like the the culmination of everything he's learned.
2: So is it is it fair to say that this is the best Sonic game that's come out on a
1: console of any kind? Well, since I mean, Come on dude, Sonic Boom for Wii U, the the game for Wii U. <laughs> no no no. I
2: mean I mean let's be fair. Yeah. Cause if I remember right, folks enjoyed Sonic Colors back in 2010.
1: Sonic Colors uh is a very, very good game. Uh as i I think Sonic Colors for Wii is a superior game to Sonic Generations, which also had a lot of defenders. I think that in terms of just sheer physicality, your hand touching the controller, making something happen on screen that's not in the real world. Sonic Mania feels better than any Sonic game ever made. And yeah. I, I, I have no, I, 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 I haven't played much more than an hour of this game and I have no problem making that statement with out equivocation.
0: And it's not just that it's, it's almost um, breaking new ground in terms of how you would want to do a, a, a rejuvenation like this, uh, how uh, like, you know, Mario's had the new Super Mario Brothers series, and that's starting to grow stale, and it feels like Nintendo doesn't know what to do with with uh, 2D Mario now that Mario Maker's come out, and Mario Maker I loved, uh, but it seems like they're not sure where to go with that, and it, for the first time, it seems like maybe Sega is showing the way of, like, you can work in those old frameworks, you can bank on nostalgia, and get those fans back easily, and hook them in, and then surprise them with... And this is very Nintendo like, at at least in this way, in terms of Sonic Mania, with new mechanics in every stage that are often bespoke and are used and are super fun and then forgotten immediately. And you're okay because you got that taste and you're already onto something new that is equally as impressive and entertaining. So, uh, yeah, there's just a, a bunch of stuff happening here that is all kind of Sonic at the top of its game. So, yeah, I mean, for me, it's I think it probably it's going to end up being my favorite Sonic, but uh, I was never a huge fan of the series in the first place. Uh, So, you know, I'm going to be excited to hear what people who have loved the series end up saying. But you could tell that people are just going gaga for it already, just based on the reaction that people are having to this, a very visceral and emotional reaction. (laughs) Like, I've been waiting for this my whole life sort of reaction. so. So I've got
2: I've got two questions.
0: Um, and then we, sh- we should move on after the next We can't pl- talk about Sonic Mania all day, but yeah, two questions. So go.
2: is this a reflection of how all this new PC gaming blood at Sega? I mean, it's not new, new, but I mean, it's certainly been a different direction from Sega from its tradition has been influencing and bringing in what is effectively a modder to help make this game. Is that, is that a reflection of how PC gaming has
1: influenced Sega? Huh? I you know Jason there's I I I don't necessarily I know I I know what you're saying I would say that Sonic mania is less this sort of end result of that so much as it is one more substantiation of it uh I feel like you know Sega if anybody watching really isn't, you know, super intimate and, uh, with, you know, Sega's sort of arc over the past decade, Sega almost closed for good back in 2010. Uh, and, you know, they, they, they shuttered their entire European operation. They, you know, they, they closed down almost 70% of their business and it really didn't look like they were going to, uh, do much at all anymore besides make, uh, Total War Games, and and sort of contract out to uh, PC game developers, like you're talking about, Jason. But over the course of that time, they've constantly been experimenting with that sort of open development atmosphere of PC gaming. They started with their HD remakes of classic games, you know, there was Jet Set Radio uh, HD and Nights into Dreams HD... And they they were like, oh, we had some success there. We had some success there, but not quite as much as we wanted. And then they, you know, just in the past uh, two years, took all of these old Sega Genesis games, just dumped them on Steam, and said, not only can you buy these classic Genesis games for cheap, you can sell your own mods of them. You can make a, a my favorite uh was I'm sure you guys saw this at some point but somebody made a version of Streets of Rage 2 where all of the sound effects were just replaced with Tim Allen making a sound effect from Home improvement. <laughs> so every time you punch somebody it would be like ho 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 ho. So That sounds obnoxious. Uh, oh it's, I love it. It, yeah, it's funny for about It's the 10 best seconds and then you're like <laughs> this
0: is terrible. I the whole that's the only way I'll ever play that game. You shut up.
1: It's the only one, uh. but <laughs> it, you know, I I feel like Sonic Mania is one more experiment in in this sort of process of fixing their company, and and yeah, go ahead, Jeff.
0: And I I think that's right. I think I mean in terms of the the PC gaming uh, perspective that they're bringing to all of their products now, that, that I think that's the correct way of putting it. But it, it's also an entirely different perspective of Sega realizing it does have this this heritage and these loyal fans who love it and that those loyal fans have now gotten into game development and are Christian Whitehead and they're renowned and they should be not just like finding these people and saying we're gonna work with you, they should be putting them in charge of entire product lines like Sonic. So they just you are in charge of Sonic now, in the same way that fans are in charge of things like Star Wars at Disney um, or like, uh, you know, the entire Marvel lineup at Disney and things like that. Those things have had so much success because the people creating the products around them love the p- products growing up. They are the fans. They're, they inspired them in the first place to do the things they're doing today. Uh, and so they understand on a base level why these things work. And Christian Whitehead understands on a base level why Sonic works, understands better than almost, probably almost anyone on the planet. And he's making this game, and it's like uh, the, the the evidence that that was a good idea is right in front of us now. Where I maybe I could like if I played the game a ton and I went back and looked at it, maybe I could vaguely explain why why and what they did works so well. But he just inherently knew, and that this is what we get. So th- there's something to be said for for yes, there's something coming from the PC gaming you know aspect here, but it's just something about using your fans as, a, as an asset, as a resource. And yeah, I think Sega's finally realizing that that can work for them.
2: Now, here's my second question. Um, you know, lots of lots of people online have said, you know, y- you all need to let go of Sonic. It's been too long. It's gone on forever. But y- y- you take a look at this, you know, you've got people saying that about Call of Duty and Call of Duty is a third of its age. And-, and then you've got people like myself who, you know, are so into Dungeons and Dragons that I'm just as passionate as I was when I first played it. And that's a 40-year-old IP. And then you've got Star Wars, which I'm still almost as passionate as I was when I was a child. And that's another 40-year-old IP. I- I- is this argument that, oh, you know, it's 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 old and it's done and it's had its time? It- it- is that something that needs to be put to rest?
0: Absolutely. I don't know. if it, 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 I mean, was that the argument anyone was really making, though, that it was old? I thought the argument was... It was old and it hasn't done anything for you lately. I think that's always the argument. Is people say, "What was it done for me lately?" And for a lot of people, it was really easy to be like, "Not only has it done you know shit in the last several games, and it's disappointed you over and over and over. It was nothing to begin with. It wasn't even that good." Mario versus Sonic should have never been a thing. And you know, I was one of those people. I'm, I'm okay to be one of those people. That's how I feel. Uh, that doesn't mean that those, those games shouldn't necessarily exist. I just was at I was at a point where. I'm okay not understanding any of the fervor one way or the other, you know, the furries who, you know, do your thing. I don't, I'm not going to understand you guys. And I'm not going to understand the people that are like still holding that torch for the 16 bit, you know, revival that they're never going to get, which I was clearly You're wrong. wrong I'm okay friend. with
1: that. That happens wrong.
0: That, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Anthony, what, what do you think? About-
1: I, man, I, I, the, the, there, there is no such thing as too old for a story. You know, a story is only as good as whoever is telling it. And, you know, at this moment, Christian Whitehead kicks ass at telling a Sonic story. Uh, You know, I, I think people say this about Sonic and have a chip on their shoulder about Sonic because the fandom of Sonic is very distinct. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the... The deviant art uh, community. You know, Sonic fandom is strange because it is rooted in iconography more than it is love for actual games. You know, I always feel like, like the Sonic series is a sort of inversion of Mario, not in terms of, you know, Sega does what Nintendo don't, but because the Mario games were really, really, really good. Donkey Kong was really really good. Super Mario Brothers 1 was really really good. And then the merch factor, the the mascot factor came later. Yeah, they found that eventually down the road. Right, whereas Sonic was conceived to be a mascot first and then the game came second. I you know, I actually sitting here looking at my desk and the Mega Drive Complete Works book is sitting here and you can see all these early uh, concepts for Sonic. You know, the drawings of Sonic came well before the game design. Sonic was supposed to have a human girlfriend in the original game, by the way. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, all the way back then, the idea was to make a character that was visually striking and visually appealing. And the preponderance of Sonic material since then reflects that, you know, like the reason that kids still know what Sonic is, is that Sonic cartoons and comics and stuffed animals and toys and all the Burger King pack-ins have always been more popular and successful than the games. So when people say, Oh man, you know, it's too old. They're saying, well, the games, like let this die, let this just be a mascot and, let sega make something else but now we have a really strong argument for good sonic games uh (laughs) i think that when sonic forces comes out this fall somebody asked here in the facebook chat well how do you what do you think the response to sonic forces is going to be the response to sonic forces is going to be negative
0: because yeah, Sonic it's, Team's not very—it's going to be the response for you. Yeah, in. like yeah, it's going to be the response we've had for the last several games. Yeah, yeah. so
1: I, 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 this is not like insulting them personally as human beings, but Sonic Team uh, have never had the raw talent to make a a really kick ass 3D game, and they keep trying. Uh, so that's, that's why, but I mean, I, like, there's nothing that's too old. Call of Duty isn't too old. Freaking, uh, Assassin's Creed isn't too old. All of these things, it doesn't matter if you put out one a year, if one a year kicks ass. Uh, and
0: oftentimes yeah, sure. it doesn't. Uh, we, we should move on. I, uh, the... Only other game I've really been playing is Agents of Mayhem, pretty new one. I guess I'm going to talk about it real quick, but I want to ask you guys first, what do you know about Agents of Mayhem?
1: Nothing. And I didn't even know it was coming out
0: so soon. I knew I knew that
1: it was playable at E3 finally, but I can't Somebody told me today like, "Oh yeah, Agents of Mayhem shipped this week." I was like, "What are you talking about?" Didn't Saints 4 the the PS4 version of Saints 4 just come out? Uh, so I know nothing. Now, I know nothing. that was a while
0: ago, but, but yeah. <laughs> I have so i no so,
1: time anymore, Jeff. It's yeah, all so that's fair.
2: <laughs> Jeff, tell me if I'm incorrect in thinking that, um, it, it's Saint row meets GI Joe. Okay.
0: That's not too far off. It's definitely more GI Joe than, than saints row. Like, I, there's an open world, but you're not spending a ton of time in that world. Like you would expect. Um, let me just kind of give the rundown. So, it, the GI Joe meets Saints Row is a good starting point. Uh, you basically have a roster of superhero slash super soldier characters that all have special abilities, typically doing with their guns or their movement movement capabilities, things like things along those lines. Uh, you start out with the three basic ones: uh, just a guy who's big, has a shotgun, is good in close range with melee combat. There's a lady who's fast and Brazilian, and then you know can jump up really high and dash. Um, and then there's a you know your standard guy with an, an assault rifle and grenades, and you know he's a Hollywood superstar, or whatever. And it, you know they th- th- those are very basic stuff, basic things you would expect in any action game. And you can jump between them at any point during combat. So this is not a co op game. It's not not really online. It's a single player game where you are three characters all at once, and you switch to them switch to them depending on your need at the moment. I, I found that my need in the moment playing with those basic basic characters so far. It hasn't really been, there's been no great need. Uh, I could kind of get through any situation with any one of them whenever I need to. However, I've started to lock a character here and there that are far more interesting, far, like really cool stuff. There's a a bow and arrow lady who just has an amazing feeling bow and arrow that, that really just kind of blows all the other characters away. I'm like, why would I play as anyone else? And I'm starting to understand, like just kind of going online and seeing what else is in here. There is a ton of other characters that seem far more cool than the basic the basic three. And so I'm, I kind of maybe came away uh, the first hour or so with a negative uh, first impression, which I don't know if, if, how familiar you guys are familiar. You guys are with the saints row games, but saints row three and saints row four, both had incredible intros. Like saints row three was that, uh, the bank heist or whatever with Johnny Gat and the helicopter and the Kanye West. Uh, one man shouldn't have all that power. And then saints Row four, you're climbing on a nuke and, that damn uh, Armageddon song plays. Uh, the Armageddon uh, yeah, yeah, song.
1: While Keith David
2: tells you what yeah. to do, it's perfect. That's one it's, of my wife's favorite songs, by the
1: way. <laughs> Unironically, I'm Jason? sorry.
0: I apologize. <laughs>
1: Unironically. Well, that's awesome. That makes me so happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, uh, that's the way to do it. Uh, my wife. This is game special. was. <laughs> this game was basically just uh, tutorials with. You know, bland, bland enemies, bland level uh-huh. design, lots of purple because it's still in the Saints Row stuff. And then this was just the first level. Once you sort of get out of here and you are picking your stages and picking where you're going and doing the side missions, it does get a little bit more interesting in terms of what you're doing. Uh, but really, it doesn't open up until you are with the characters that are far more cool than the basic three. Um, and that's where I think uh, the, the, the real juice of this game is going to come from is that... The, the open world of Seoul, South Korea, where this game takes place, not that fascinating. Um, the story and the, and the humor and the writing, um, I'm not loving it so much. I think other people said it was more hit and miss than what I'm feeling. I'm feeling it's mostly miss, especially coming from uh, the, the Saints Row games, where I really, really dug the writing. Felt very uh, a huge connection to what was happening in those games and those characters. Not getting that here so far. Um, but the action that i'm getting like switching between these new characters that i've unlocked that's where it's starting to kind of jill together for me and i'm like okay i'm going to keep giving this more time and see if there's going to be something else here so i think i'll come back next week hopefully be able to talk to, talk about that in more detail but for now i'm like okay there's something here i just maybe maybe it was buried deeper than i was hoping it was Jeff
1: be. that's a that's a real bummer to hear you say that man i i did not play any of the Saints Row games uh, until Saints Row 4 finally uh, came out on play, play, PlayStation 4. And uh, Mashable's Adam Rosenberg just kept calling me for, for like a year being like, play Saints Row. Play three or four. You're going to love. He's it. doing God's he's work. Doing, he's doing God's work. And I'm like, <laughs> right, no, yeah. I, I don't feel like playing an open world game. But that seems like a game you would enjoy. I, I realize that now. And <laughs> I, like, there was a moment playing Saints Row 4 where I'd made... A ridiculous hulking avatar of myself with Nolan North's voice wearing a, a grandma's muumuu plummeting out of the sky, spread-eagled and flying mm-hmm. as Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It blasted in the background. <laughs> and I was like, that's it. Now, I can quit video games. This is all I ever needed. Yeah. Now, that's it's so funny peaked.
2: because my avatar for say, so Row 4 was also a very big version of myself, though I made myself as fat as I
0: could in the game. And yes, I wore the (laughs) Moomoo. Yeah! I had to wear the (laughs) Moomoo. I had to. I I had to. I probably wore the (laughs) Moomoo for like a half an hour at least in that game, yeah. It's right there. Well, And
1: like Agents of Mayhem, when I heard that it was like going to be canonical with Saints Row, it's going to happen in the same world, but they were going to... Do you uh, you know how
0: that actually works? I I guess um, in a Gat Out of Hell... The like uh, the spin off that's not quite as good. I, I liked it, I liked it fine, but yeah, it's not as good. Yeah, as it was it,
1: they, oh, the world in Gat Out of Hell is just dumb. Like, it's yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: anyway. And then at the end, they like recreate a new earth because like there's a time travel thing at the end of four, and this game takes place in that new earth out of Gad Out of Hell. Oh. And Saint the Saints, Row, the, the Saints, you know, aren't really brought up that much, but like. They definitely, it definitely, they definitely exist because like the camera is always zooming in on the Saints emblem on the world and stuff like that. So there's something happening there, but it's just not what this game. It's so is weird about, to hear you say that the sure. writing isn't isn't there too because the
1: writing in Saints Row Four. Well, for a it's... lot of the
0: people that wrote the last couple of games have left, oh. is what I understand. So yeah, they, a lot of people left after four, and it wasn't like any big, um, wasn't like a bunch of layoffs or anything. I think people were just. Getting ready to move on to new stuff. In sure, sure, and sure. Stuff. Well, I
1: mean, Volition was was sort of part of that whole THQ shakeup in the first place, right? You know, they they sort of got jostled around, so it's not too surprising that there was a little bit of churn in that creative team. But damn, what a shame! I, I, I it, this is I, to hear you say this. Be like, yeah, well, you know, it looked like science, but like it has a GI Joe thing. This is Fuse all over again. Which do you guys remember? <laughs> do you guys remember Fuse? I, the insomnia. Uh, yes. I remember it.
0: Yeah, I I don't know if it's quite that exactly, but it's close enough. You're right. It is kind of actually. It's a good analogy for sure. Uh, I I hope that the uh, the back half once I kind of get in there and I can find the uh, the excitement and the fun and the joy, the the maybe I'll come out of it feeling a lot better. But for now, uh, the things I liked about Saints Row Three and Saints Row Four are not what I'm liking oh, what a here. Bummer. So man, uh, only other thing I played was PUBG. We had a big tournament on Friday night. You could see stuff on that. Only on other site.
2: thing I played.
0: I know, well, God, yeah. You I I played play play some day. other. Stuff. <laughs> I play. I have 220 hours of counting. Yeah, I just count. I looked at my timer the other day. Some of that's got to be idle time, but yeah, we, we did. We did a tournament on Friday. We had a bunch of people playing from the, like the developers and you know game industry pros and stuff like that. And. uh, it was a good time. I, it was my first time like commentating and like using the observer tools in the game. And it was, it was difficult to like do everything at once. Cause those camera tools are still busted as hell. That's an early access game as hell. Um, uh, but I still ended up having a really good time and everyone really enjoyed themselves. We're going to keep doing that. I think we're going to try to do that every Friday night for the foreseeable future. Kind of see where it goes from here. But, uh, yeah, enough about me. Uh, Anthony, why don't we uh, cross off these other two games I've on Other two games
1: list. on my list, one of which is just very, very quick and simple. Uh, I've, I've been playing with my Switch a lot. That sounded dirtier than I intended it to. I've been playing with my Mm-mm. Nintendo Switch Mm-mm-mm. a lot. Uh, <laughs> because, you know, there, there's this uh, criticism that the Switch doesn't have any games and it's kind of bullshit. Oh, that's nuts. It's, yeah. it, it's a treasure trove of delightful things. And so while I've been playing Sonic Mania uh, today, I have also been playing in the past week a little game called Strikers 1945, which doesn't look like a game from 1995. It's actually a game from 1995. I didn't think it was on... I didn't realize it was yeah, on... Yeah, it right. just it just came out of
0: nowhere. They just... This is the the Neo Geo. So, this,
1: so Strikers 1945 is by a, an arcade developer that really never broke through, called Psycho, And Psycheo, they, they never really had a hit. Strikers 1945 is one of the few. And this falls in with our theme, Jeff, because you're, you're, you're shooting some Nazis in planes. And it is, huh. it is just the most delicious meat and potatoes arcade game that you could have in the world. I love me uh, an old-style shmup. Which I don't think is a word that people commonly use anymore. Uh, uh, There uh, we go. Uh, A a, a classic. We're not uh, British. (laughs) We're not British. You want me, (laughs) Jason, you want me to be a real nerd? I've been playing a tate mode. Shmup. A tate mode. You can actually play Strikers 1945 in tate mode with a long vertical screen. Anyway. Yeah,
2: you can flip. Yeah, just like you can with the yeah, museum too. You it's can so play that like that. I so, cool. that. Huh, so cool. So cool. Right. But I,
0: I'm so glad the Switch supports that. That's like really it's, interesting. I bet. I hope someone like does the that with Switch like a, a, a brand the new game. It is, the
2: yeah. is. And, and, and what's really cool is we're seeing developers taking taking into account the different things they could do, but not in a way that was so gimmicky with
1: yeah. the Wii and, or with the Wii or the DS. Like it, it, the first year of Nintendo hardware. I mean hell go, going back to the the Game Boy Advance at this point the first year of Nintendo hardware is a bunch of gimmicky nonsense here's the e card reader yeah, there's forget right. DLC go buy a pack of cards at Walmart or here's the the the, the DS microphone now blow into it in public go in public and blow oh into your God. DS. <laughs> what <When laughs> from the zelda games did you have to do that oh on Fan- i think phantom both, hourglass. Of
0: the, both of the dsl zelda ones i think you had to do it but definitely phantom hourglass oh, right
1: oh. but yeah it, this is i i just like this game because it is it it's like the kind of game you would have seen somebody playing in the background of a movie 20 years ago it's just <laughs> the most basic simple thing, and perfectly executed. And it's not, like, crazy difficult. Part of what happened to shoot 'em ups that I really hated was they, you know, there's the bullet hell tradition, which is just, you know, the uh, the screen getting crushed with projectiles all over the place, and you have to sit there and memorize the pixel-perfect spot where you can survive. This is far more in the classic tradition of, you know, Gradius from, from the 80s, even, where, you know, there's... 19 or, 19- or 1941. 1941 this is strikers 1945 is a direct antecedent to Capcom's 1943 42 series but like it's a little bit more crazy it's a little bit more bombastic than those the the nice counterpoint is uh, the final game in the 1940 series 19xx which was a killer Capcom cps2 game from 96 oh mwah. but yeah it, it, Strikers 1945. If you have seven dollars and your switch, and you want something that's just like I want a video gamey video game, oh, mm-hmm. it's just perfect. And
0: yeah, I think I'm going to pick it up do, for sure. Uh, it looks
1: really good. Check it out. It's the the reason I started playing it was the other game which I've been playing and have been attempting to play for seven months, which is Gravity Rush Two, a series I love. And I, I, I adore Gravity Rush. If everybody's not familiar, Gravity Rush is this anime is hell uh, PlayStation series started on the Vita. The PS4 sequel came out. It's uh, created by uh, Keiichi Toyama, who's the man who created Silent Hill, everyone. The guy that made Silent Hill made a bizarre game about a young lady who can change the direction of gravity with her cat made out of stars and it the premise is amazing <laughs> the art's amazing that, tracks. Yeah, that that all checks out uh <laughs> everything about the game is so fun except for what you have to do to beat the game the mission structure is a drag it is it, it's the the kiss of death for the open world game
0: we're yeah, I know Mike really liked uh, the first one, and then he didn't seem as hot on Gravity Rush 2, and we never actually talked it out, so I, I, yeah, that must man, have been it's, it. The,
1: it's the missions. I'm just
2: so horrible at those games. The, this is true, kids. The older you get, the
0: harder it is to jump
2: in a video game for a platformer.
0: <laughs> and I'm you don't have to really age. jump in real life, Jason. You just got to press the button. I jump better real life now <laughs> since I lost the weight that I do in a game. Jesus. It just doesn't make any sense.
1: Oh man, sense. the other the other thing that gets me in this one, Jason, is so I'm I, I just turned thirty-five and I'm finally getting to that place where like motion sickness is becoming an issue. Uh oh, no. so and in gravity I don't have oh, that problem. Oh god, it's brutal. I, I but Dean does. It kills me, man. Like, I anything 60 frames per second, too. Any game that's been remastered for HD and is running at 60 frames per second, I gotta, like, leave the room. I get the whirlies. Yeah. But we were just geeking out about um, Dragon's
2: Dogma and its remaster coming. Is it gonna
1: be at 60 or is it uh, gonna be man, at 30? I really hope it's at 30 because I can't. I can't even play Resident Evil 4 HD on PlayStation 4. I look at Leon Kennedy doing his little 60 frames per second bob up and down, and I'm just like, whoa, no, I can't. In Gravity Rush, it's not as bad. Gravity Rush runs at a pretty smooth 30, but it's it's the constant changing of direction because you can't just fly. You're changing yeah. gravity in these massive, sprawling, like, it's, it's like it's basically triplets of Belleville, uh, meets Cloud City, Jason. That's that's the best way to describe that environment. Uh... So you're falling all over the place, and the, there's weird architecture, and you're constantly reorienting the screen. And I just look at it, and I'm like, I just need a nice warm cup of lemon zinger tea and some Tums now. This is too much. But yeah, man, that's what I've been playing. Jason, what the hell have you been playing? Well, yeah, give, so give us your shit. So, so
2: I'm playing something that is very unlike anything I've ever played yet. In some ways, is very much like the things I love. Uh, it's called Citadel Forge with Fire. It's a survival game, but instead of making guns or melee weapons and stuff, this you're you're dealing with magic. So it's basically you know wizards instead of you know you know, a lone shooter out there trying to survive in the wild like you would in Ark or in
0: a zombie survival game. Now, these games started getting big about what, 2014, Jeff, 2015? I think 2013, honestly, was the first one, but they got big in 14 for sure. Yeah, so it's like
2: I'm in 2014 right now. Um, I've tried Ark over the years a couple times and I kept dying so early and I have a hard time finding stuff to craft that it just wasn't fun. Now, this is an alpha, so I'm going to predicate everything I say about it right now. It's shit. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> tell us how you really it's got got broken or is it just not fun
2: it's got lots yeah. of potential and for some reason I'm still compelled to play it but man it's broken early and access. it's difficult it's early access so I mean it's alpha and you gotta give them a break on that but I'm having huge problems just you know finding how to level up once I'm about level 15 cause I'm either t- too strong to take on the weakest monsters and the next tier of monsters i'm finding are way too strong for me and i'm not finding how to get the experience i need to or the materials uh, i need to craft better things to to deal with this level curve and it, it, it's got some things to it that I, I really like um you can do magic either off of staffs, wands, or gauntlets in your hand so you could blast fire if your hands out that's kind of fun but um the crafting and gathering material for crafting has been very soothing. And I find after a long day, especially now that my kids are in school, I find that it's very nice just running around gathering these herbs to make potions. I'm really enjoying that. But on the same but when it comes to trying to make progression. I come to this area and I find it has all this rare ore I'm looking for so that I can make some higher level forges to forge some better stuff. And then it's guarded by dragons with 60,000 hit points and I'm doing 56 points of damage per spell. (laughs) So it's like, okay, well there's some problems of progression here. So I'm going to keep playing it. I'm going to write something about it here in the next week or two. Uh, Of course, um, Hearthstone's new expansion is out, Knights of the Frozen Throne, so that's kind of dominating my life too. And I'm playing with all the new cards, and what's really weird is I'm finding that um these new cards are making just like with every expansion, the best new cards for me are the ones that make older cards playable again. And I just found this really cool deck that's for the Warrior called There Will Be Blood in which your whole I abandoned which- my boy. Sorry. Yes, which uh, I'm calling it There Will Be Blood. It's, okay. it's a Blood Warriors deck, uh, which your whole win condition is spamming a bunch of Arcane Giants, which are these special giants. You get two to the deck, but there are several cards you could use to duplicate those Giants, and at one point I had seven on the board. Um, and, and these are eight eight strong um, units that you're, can't be removed very easily, and... It, 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 it's just a ton of fun to do that and then your opponent just concedes and it's it's a two it's usually like a two-turn combo and i'm loving that and then there's this other deck with the priest which uses a deaf knight which is kind of the new thing of the theme of this set is you know having these new cards that turn your heroes into undead deaf knights that do all kinds of really cool things and there's this priest deck which is very spell heavy and pretty much focuses on bringing out these cards called Obsidian Statues, or one of the really big legendaries from two sets ago, which is the Old Gods Yasharj, uh, which I'm sure Yasharaj. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing. Range of Bound, which pulls out a minion from your deck.
0: No one turn. knows. You could say whatever you. You can call it whatever you want. No one's going to. Yes, know what I know what it's Wizard is.
2: Poker. Nobody cares. <laughs> um, you know, it's just seventy-five million people signed up to play it. That's all. Um, but, I don't But not believe it. This 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 game is you know this deck is all about getting these really big minions out early, cheating the mana, and then bringing them back. And it just frustrates the hell people you play. Uh, if of course if you can't get these combos out, then you, you die really quick. But it, it's fun because it's a puzzle, and I really enjoy those kind of decks. And last night I started diving back into cryptics. MMO Neverwinter, which is the Dungeons & Dragons MMO, because I'm really spoiling to start playing something, reading something that has the new content for Tomb of Annihilation, which is the new storyline that's coming in September to the Dungeons & Dragons game. It's already in Neverwinter. So I've taken my control wizard, and I'm trying to level her up to where I can get into this new area of Chult, which is this jungle peninsula down in the south of the world, and has dinosaurs and undead. There's undead dinosaurs, and I'm hoping to get to that. <laughs>
0: I, I, wait, wait, real quicks. So, like you, you said a control wizard in Neverwinter. Yeah. So wait, I, like the like control decks. Is that a like like a Dungeons and Dragons term? Like control.
1: Well, control. Or is that a, is
0: that a Magic?
1: Doesn't it mean like, balance? Like, so is it like like a,
2: a sort of. Sur- so control is where you want to control the board to set up your win condition. So if they're long, they take a long time to play when it comes yeah. to a, a card Yeah, that's
0: game. what I figured. But Lots like, of spells
2: and lots of big minions. Control in an MMO is an MMO turn. It's not really a Dungeons okay. & Dragons turn.
0: So, okay, so not related. Okay.
2: No, so, and, so, and so what you're doing is when you play with other people, your role is to control all the, mid, all the enemy... Mo- Um, monsters and trying to keep them, you're freezing them in place. Similar idea, but not
0: necessarily like the same exact thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a very similar idea. Um, So, you know, I'm throwing lots of ice spells.
0: Um, Real real quick on Citadel, uh, you were mentioning some stuff about uh, how it's, uh, you're still figuring stuff out. Is there a community that you are going to Reddit? uh, You know, the forums, the official forums that, where people are figuring this stuff out together.
2: Yeah, there's a Reddit community, and it's pretty much coming down to people who started, like, when, when it first went alpha, and for some reason seem to have everything they need. And they're just saying, oh, what's over here, dude? And they're not really being very helpful. It's like, oh, yeah, go to the volcano. There you can kill a bunch of dragons. And it's like, okay, but I can't kill yeah, that's... the giants no, that are before the dragons, and I can't kill the as before the dragons. So, I mean, I'm looking around here and there.
0: Yeah, no, I, yeah, I just, it was interesting because, like, PUBG right now, you know, early access game, it's going to come out this year, so it's not quite alpha, but uh, a lot of people are, like, working together to always figure out what's happening there, lots of sharing of information, people are always making graphics, I mean, there's millions and millions of people playing the game every day, so, of course, there's a huge community out there, but yeah. I also like... Um, learning stuff that I know is going to change like the, like the way the game plays right now before a lot of uh, the vaulting stuff's about to come in, it's going to be very different once that vaulting stuff changes up how you can get around buildings and things. Uh, And it's like, I'm like, I'm like really getting very good at playing this game that is going to disappear and like vanish eventually. And it doesn't bother me at all. I actually like kind of, it's very, you know, uh, it's in the moment. It's very right now. And it's kind of cool to like be in that experience and know it's going to go away and it's probably never going to come back. Uh, yeah. I like that.
2: So Citadel hit early access lot at the end of last month. And to give you an idea of the active player community uh, on my server, the most people I've seen playing at once <laughs> have been two. <laughs> and I'm and I'm one Fair of enough. Now, I find all these big houses that these people have made, and I'm wondering, okay, well, is this game just bigger in Europe? And when I'm playing in the evenings on the West Coast, these mm. people are all
1: asleep. Yeah, yeah maybe... <laughs> But that's so that's, that's so weird yeah. that there would be no one in on the west coast at all Jason who well this is this server there's a there's oh, there's a sure. number of servers
2: that could be the problem you know you know you know a small player base and then you, you give the 20 servers to play on it's like everyone who's playing might have yeah. their own
1: server yeah. for at times. <laughs> there's somebody there's somebody sitting there being
0: all like, right we should uh we should get into the news
1: <laughs> i was oh, just no, gonna was say going, Anthony, there's no, probably no, somebody no. watching jason being like this guy's on the crappy sixty five thousand hit point dragon server and he doesn't even know it
0: <laughs> yeah, it could be that would be That's funny. exactly what your problem is right there all right let's hop into the news uh then we get uh, we're gonna go to a break after that and come back and talk about uh killing some nazis in video games uh what we'll these news points really quickly first up blizzard has renamed the blizzard client. Once again, uh, it was blizzard or it was blizzard net. And then it was, uh, the blizzard app or I'm sorry, battle net the, the blizzard app. And now it is the blizzard battle net, like all three words together. Um, you could kind of tell that they were going to go back on this at, uh, at a BlizzCon when the execs were up on stage after the announcement that it was called the blizzard app and they were still calling it battle net. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of a, a, a inevitable thing where that well, brand was just too strong.
2: To be fair, those people have known it as Battle.net ever since Battle.net started. I mean, yeah, you know,
0: 1996. Been, it's a long know, time. i Have been
2: there since 96. To me, this feels like something. Activate the Activision part of the company said, you know,
0: you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised that if that's you okay. know rename
2: this. Uh, well, okay, right, and then everyone who's part of Blizzard who cares enough to say something about it would say. Oh yeah, but you know, people love the Battle.net, and the fans—you know—the fans who don't care don't care; they're not going to say anything. But the only p- fans who are going to say something are gonna be the ones who go, "This sucks," mm-hmm. which I'm sure <laughs> they did very vocally.
0: And so they Battle did comes yep. back.
1: I, I, it's iconic. You know why? Why?
0: Yeah, I think some of those fans worked at Blizzard, though.
1: I, it's it's one of those things where when when you have Overwatch and the audience that is new to blizzard comes with overwatch. Why change something midstream there? You know, like like it's already a kind of a little too too late. late. You know, if they, if, if blizzard had said in 2014, before Hearthstone started, you know, like Hearthstone is going to be this whole new initiative for us. And, you know, as we transition from the, the early test versions of heroes of the storm to, Hearthstone, and then Overwatch after that. That was the moment. That was the time. And they, they waited too long and now they I mean they have a name with a lot of history. Why not why not hold on to that? Keep keep the value in it, you know?
2: Well, and the other thing too is, you know, Blizzard's become a you know an online live service yeah. game company. And and to change the name of your online live service
1: App. It's crazy. Really it's crazy. I I I'm not even Blizzard is usually so good about that sort of branding uh
0: stuff. I think that's why it's easy to imagine it was some Activision lawyer who's like, "Oh, it's going to be hard to keep that if we uh, keep BattleNet and Blizzard separate, so we should sure. just go with yeah. one of them." And yeah, it was probably something along those lines. At least it's Bobby Kotick had heartburn that day. He was he was feeling spicy. That's right. Yep. Ran out of the Pepsi AC, so you had to do something about it. Yep, Ubisoft hosted four honor tournament, and it ends in embarrassment when the final match consisted almost entirely of players abusing an exploit. Uh, it was an incredibly unbalanced ability, and the winner used this almost exclusively and won ten thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, that's rough. It's kind of hard um, to build a new esports altogether in the first place and then when something like this happens and all the headlines about it are just what a what a, what a shit show what an embarrassment that's kind of i mean i'm sure there is coming back from that but it feels like those one of those things where like yeah there's no coming back Man. from that but so i, I the, don't know
2: this reminds me of two things uh, the first thing is every time i see a company saying they're going to build an esport i'm reminded of something that mitch dyer formerly of ign now one of the writers for star wars battlefront 2 told me he said he said you know the community decides what's an eSport, not the company. In one. yeah, That's it. And the second thing, you know, this reminds me of Hearthstone in some ways, because while they weren't exploits, there'd be incredibly broken decks that would go and win tournaments. Uh, I'm thinking of Patriot Warrior, first of all. Back before, they made a nerf, and you can charge your patrons and, and win in one turn. Um, the, you know, eSports athletes know the games better than the designers often do themselves, and they're going to find the ways to skirt every possible scenario that the developers have laid out for how to win a game, and they're going to find a way to come up with something new, and if, there's, if they find an exploit, they're going to use it, and they're going to they're gonna spam it till victory even in front of you know, thousands of people watching them. Now, the bigger question here is, and I haven't followed this enough, but has Ubisoft gone and changed it yet? Have They removed the exploit.
0: I don't think they've had time. I think it's if it's going to happen, it's going to happen sometime this week, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it feels like one of those things where the, the, the they'll definitely have to change it clearly, but uh, how long it'll take them and whether it'll change their typical update pattern, which I don't know what it is for For Honor, uh, who knows? Uh, I will say that that game does have it seemed like it did have that community esports potential early on, uh, but. There was a lot of, uh, I believe, balance problems and, and connected con- connectivity problems that turned a lot of people off in those early days and sort of squandered any of that hope. And now Ubisoft's trying to grasp onto it is what it seems Man, like, and who knows? What okay, gonna actually work. I,
1: I just don't understand what it is about any multiplayer-centric game that Ubisoft has published over the past four years. All of them that start with Ubisoft being like, this is it. This is going to be the thing that gets a community that stays. And then everybody gets really, really hyped. And then it's a disaster. The crew was a disaster. The division was a disaster. For Honor's been a disaster. And then the one game that everybody thought was going to be a disaster has turned into the best thing in the entire world, which is Rainbow Six Siege. Why isn't Rainbow Six Siege their their esport you know, contender?
0: It, I mean, no, it is. They, they they have esports around that game, and and it's that's definitely doing better than this. But I mean, you know, Ubisoft they have cor- yeah. corporate mandates. They, they all our games are going to do these things. You have to have the esports. You have to have the online connected connected universe. Uh, you have to have a, a plan with content that you're going to sell at a later date for you know at least a year, probably two years. Go for your towers. Um, yeah, <laughs> towers. That's right. Yes. Yeah, I love. I love the towers and the crew even, yeah. Yeah, baseline. but to
2: be yeah. fair, to be fair to Ubisoft is, you know, their games are doing this. They, they come out, they have all this type, they're really pushing it. They start out like this. And then these online games start coming up as mm-hmm. people add stuff or they fix yeah, problems I mean, or they find issues, yeah. you know. You know, there's a lot of people who really enjoy playing The Division now. Uh, the crew has a very dedicated fan base. And the sequel, the, game. the sequel looks good. The sequel looks interesting. And yeah, so I, I'm sure you know. Give Give For Honor a year, year and a half, and a lot of these problems are going to. What
0: be is the out. pirate game? Yeah, they're definitely not wrong. Skull um, and bones—that's Bones?
1: what it's called. I'm wondering if they're they're learning a lesson because the fact that Skull and Bones isn't being rushed out the door. I mean, For Honor was 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 that even a full year between reveal and release? At this point, you know, the the Division, the crew, and For Honor all came out real fast.
0: Was it at two E3s or maybe just well, one?
1: I feel like it was it, at wasn't two. Wasn't the Division like a three-year really?
0: The Division took a while. Gosh, I,
2: I I don't know. I just remember Dean writing you know, oh, like these stories years, on it. But it.
0: It was a while. I, I mean, I don't know. definitely
2: It felt, to rush it these felt things like... It felt like three years because I read so many stories that Deed did and had to <sighs> read of them on
0: there. <laughs> right, I mean, yeah, you're definitely right, though, Jason, that these games have often found second wins, some more so than others. I mean, Siege, again, is the, is the prime example here. Um, the Division and, and and not quite as much. The Crew, then again, not quite as much as well. Um We'll see but, how good you know, Recon Wildlands, a game that sold very well, and For Honor, like these are two of the top three or four best-selling games so far this year of 2017. Uh, if those games do continue to find that online audience, that could be very good for Ubisoft. And you know they know something we don't clearly.
2: Yeah, about. I mean, just take a look at Blizzard. You know, Heroes of the Storm, it, it has its reboot, yeah. and it's doing so much better. You know, yeah. sometimes with online games, you just got to give them time to work out. Their problems and find what it is the players
0: want. And sometimes you just have to be Blizzard, and that really helps. I find <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm just Blizzard, everything just works out for me. Uh, PlayStation 4 firmware update 5.0 will add 1080p 60 uh, frames per second Twitch streaming. So uh, th- th- not a huge thing, but 1080p 60 streaming is a very it's very intensive. So it, I believe it's only coming to the PlayStation 4 Pro and not the PlayStation 4 standard. Uh, which, you know, Sony only ever said that it was going to keep the games sort of the, the same. It didn't say anything about like Twitch and other services like that. Uh, so I'm glad they're not like holding the pro back in this regard. Uh, but then at the same time, it's also a very uh, it's intensive in terms of how much data it uses. You're uploading a lot in terms of your bit rate. And I wonder if uh, people like that start uploading and, and streaming regularly, regularly at a resolution like this will start bumping into Comcast data caps and things like that. Um that's going to be a bummer. And I hope things like that get sorted out before everyone is streaming at this level. I watch a couple 1080p, 60 streams that look really good on Twitch. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping more people can embrace this and can get the data uh, speeds that are required for it. Um, Valve's new Dota card game, Artifact. All right, Jason. What's, what's what with Artifact?
2: Well, what's what? We don't
0: know much at all right now. Uh, what
2: I do know is it's not the game that interests me the most. It's what the marketplace will do with it on Steam. Um, are they going to let people make skins? Are they going to let people, you know, make custom cards? That are that aren't like the card, just the card art,
0: big custom card art, or well, like they even get, like just card backs and stuff, like yeah. custom deck art and stuff. Yeah, I well, you know, clearly well, the most interesting to, thing here is is just trading cards with your friends and yeah, then selling cards card. on the marketplace. Yeah,
2: you know, am, am and that's going to be enormous. Am I going to be able? Well, we don't know if we're going to be able to sell cards.
0: Um, but come on, you could sell the stupid like collectors cards from games already, like the the Steam trading cards that don't yeah. do anything. They let like, you yeah. sell that shit. They're going to let you sell this. There's no way.
2: Well, I don't know because it, Maybe. if you start selling those cards, you're really going to affect the balance of the game uh, when you have a marketplace as big as Steam, and that's one reason why you can't sell or trade cards in Hearthstone or The Elder Scrolls Legends or any of the other card games I'm playing. It, it's because it, it would just unbalance the game's economy so much. And how do you know that you know these are these are transactions that aren't meant to just game the system or Somebody is taking advantage of somebody, so I, I, I'm a little leery of that. Though, and it would not surprise me if you're able to do that with your cards. Um, but what 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 I find is going to be really interesting is will Valve go mobile with this? Because that's I think where they, you, I think they will. Yeah. That's where you find Eventually. your audience of card games is is going mobile, and that's where you start making your money. You know, Hearthstone really start rolling. Went, once it went mobile, and I expect Bethesda's The Elder Scrolls Legends too to start rolling and start making bigger noise now that it's on mobile. It just released on iPhone and Android last week. I mean, last month. Excuse me. Uh,
0: I yeah, I think eventually Valve will make it mobile. It'll it'll probably take a year, but you know, we'll see. Steam has launched over 1,000 games in seven weeks following the change over to Steam Direct from Steam Greenlight. Um, does that seem like a lot to you guys?
1: Uh, you know when they <laughs> announced the 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 entry cost for getting your your game in, it's what $100? That, 100 bucks. Yeah, that a thousand, thousand game, sounds yeah. about right. A thousand yeah, sounds game. about right. Where you're you're going to weed out the people yep. who. You know, are trying to put things on there which is just like an interactive slice of cheese that you can spin in a circle and calling that a game
0: this is mm-hmm. it you
1: know because what w- what was it before you know yep. ten thousand.
0: <laughs> <laughs> 000 yeah <laughs> i mean i think it was less it was fewer so like more and more games are coming on here as as the system opens up more and more which makes sense um I think Steam is Valve is making the choice specifically to let more games on there. It doesn't want to be the gatekeeper. Uh, I was I'm looking at it to write a story maybe about this where you know Google just got fined two point seven billion dollars in Europe for like moving a, a search result from the top page like down a couple of pages, and that was just I mean you could still find it in its search results, and they still got you know the biggest fine antitrust fine in the history of the world. Uh, and I wonder if valve lawyers are like, yo, we can't be the gatekeepers when we own this much of the PC gaming market, because it's, I mean, at one, for one point it's almost morally wrong. You can't be the ones deciding like what games succeed and which ones don't. That's actually wrong at a certain point. But beyond that, uh, it could be a, a violation of antitrust rules where they are, they have their own games on that system. You know, if you are going, going to buy a game on, on steam, you are ostensibly competing with, with valves products. And if valve, won't let you on there to compete with its products. That's could be, could be a problem for them. So I wonder if that's one of the reasons why they continue to be more and more open as opposed to just everyone's like, Oh, they don't want to hire humans, which I'm sure they don't. I'm sure. They don't. But like, I don't think that's the under underlying reason for the, all their their choices when it comes to this kind of stuff. I
2: just think about a thousand games in seven weeks. And I think, you know, if I go down to my corner store, there are right. a thousand items in oh. the whole store.
0: <clears throat> yeah.
2: And For sure. But I, I just, mean I find that so daunting.
0: You know how yeah, many but I hours mean when's the last time you ever go out the new releases section of Steam? Who does that? Every I mean, week. There are some really? Every but week. But like I how think. like do you do but like what do you Why? do yeah. when you're looking?
1: Are you like, are you what?
0: downloading
1: things? Yeah. downloading demos? I it's shiver. Just like, I shiver, shiver
0: and I
2: think about how much man hour, you know, people hours worked. Put, was put into these games yeah. and how few of them are going to get seen, and then I feel very sad.
0: I know, but like, uh, how many websites get made every day and no one ever sees them? And it's like, yeah, I mean, Google still is going to track them and still going to show them to you in the search result. Or yeah, you know 50 I, it, it pages reminds down. me of yeah, when a, I used to
1: walk a into a, a used bookstore, you know, that was like really, really well stocked, and be overwhelmed by the idea, like there are twenty thousand paperback books in here. Oh, my God. And the romance section has, because I was always naturally going to the romance section first, it was like, all right, well, there are 500 other books and then 600 Danielle Steele books. And so somebody is sitting here trying to compete (laughs) with that, with that monolith, no matter what. And, you know, man, there's always going to be far more... uh, creation than there is time to actually consume what is created at the end of the day right like right.
0: yeah it's just like let go of that notion that you can get everything and just I just, just let the algorithms like wash over you I just give me what into, you give me algorithm
2: I just went into the new releases and saw How that I have that. a game Western Loving which I didn't even remember <laughs> buying and it just came out last week, and it says I loaded it, and I don't remember it. And I was thinking, Jason, today, are you sleep
1: this. shopping on Steam?
0: Gotta, Is
2: that what's happening?
0: Yeah, you got to stop Maybe. taking the Ambien before you get on Steam, but, man. You
2: know that that, but that that's Steam for me. It, it's so overwhelming, and I I I understand why people want to put their games on Steam, but at the same time. You know, I've seen a couple people on Twitter talking about, you know, indie devs are starting to think, hmm, maybe we should go on the Switch first because it's easier for us to stand out there and then yeah. bring our game over to Steam.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a, a viable option. I think that was kind of always going to be the case. Uh, you know, the consoles are a good place for indie developers to stand out if you can get there no matter what and no matter when. I mean, they were doing it on the PlayStation 4 before they were doing it on the Switch. And the Vita as well. Um, have you yeah. looked? Have you looked at the new releases on a PlayStation console lately? It is. That yeah. that's
2: getting that's why I like
1: Switch too. so much. Discovery is still easy. For now,
0: yeah. Yep. For now, that'll change. Well, that'll change soon too. Um, finally, DeepMind and Blizzard have opened up StarCraft II as an AI research environment. Basically, StarCraft II is now a laboratory where almost anyone can. Uh, use this API that Blizzard and DeepMind, which is the former Google subsidiary that's working on deep like deep machine learning where machines can learn to beat humans at Go and chess and things like that. Uh, they work together and they made this API. People can hook this into their own self-made programs that are designed to figure out how machines can learn to play StarCraft II, uh, how they can how they can get better, or even just pre-program sort of artificial intelligence and test how that works in the game. Um, it's kind of like, you know, one of the steps we have to go on before we just let the machines take us over. So let's just get it over with. I mean, this is the way to do it. So
2: I'm all my, for it. Here's my question. What's the gameplay value here? What can people do with this when it comes to the StarCraft Two gaming scene?
0: Well, I mean, clearly, like they're already pitching it as you could create bots that are more human like, um, you know, the, you could create bots that could easily beat you without you knowing that they're a bot, you know, past. the
2: So that means that this is just another way for people to make bots and people have to the, play the I bots. Mean,
0: look, so. I, I'm not going to pretend like I understand what the potential here is for Starcraft too. like that's how they're saying. That's what they're saying early on. Who knows? They just opened it up. Who? Let's see how. Like, what happens? I don't think that's really even the interesting thing here. The interesting thing here is uh, machine learning how to uh, under understanding what it means to be good at StarCraft Two. Because you think about StarCraft Two, and it's not just about like winning at the end. You have to make decisions early on that affect the very late game. And you know, these computers, the way they work is. They you program basically just what you want them to understand the uh the best win condition to be. So it's like you, you want to be the last character standing, the last player standing in this you know head-to-head StarCraft match. Um so do anything you can to get that win scenario. And they'll try they'll keep trying everything, but play millions and millions of matches back to back to back against themselves. And Like you're going to be able to see how a machine over time is going to learn that that decision it made to, to, you know, set a base here or to start mining this thing here had an impact and why that matters. And when it starts creating those links, you know, that is the essence of deep learning. And, you know, that that it's it's very powerful and it could have deep implications to, you know, how machines fit into our lives. And Starcraft 2 is just a very good gateway to getting to that point.
2: And as we already as we saw at the International, you know, someone's made a bot now that can beat some of the best Dota 2 pros in the world. Yep. And that's kind of scary.
0: Yep. Without a doubt. Okay. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back and we should make this pretty quick. Cause we've already been going for more than an hour. And I think I said we'd be like 25 minutes fault. today. That's okay. No, we, I think all of us just kind of got going on our own topics and it was, it was a good time. But uh, yeah, we're going to go to this break and we'll be right back.
1: I don't. I can't hear the break. I don't think we can. <laughs> oh, oh, I, yeah, I bet yeah, you yeah. Jeff adds it. No, no, because we're we're live. We're that's we're, what I would do. Broadcast into the world. When I
2: hear Jeff going clickety clickety click. Yes,
1: tapping away. Huh. I didn't realize that the switch just goes into rest mode if you leave it in the cradle. I had I had Sonic running. And now it's Jason. How is Namco Museum Collection? Do I need that? Not
2: unless. Okay, so the reason why I bought it was it was a fantastic sure, way to yeah. introduce. I mean, like, kids.
1: I want my daughter to be able to play Rolling and Thunder at some point, but we're like a decade away.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, otherwise. If you want to play games like
1: Galaga and have it up like this, like an old arcade
2: cabinet, then yeah, it's worth Man, it for
1: that. I wish there was just a few more. Like, 30, 30 bucks for what's there is tough. Eh, eh. And I already...
0: Mm-hmm. I get yeah, up
1: having... Both, yeah, but, like... Versus. I, I,
0: I almost want to just get a GameCube yeah, out and like get I, a Game Boy Advance hooked up to it. I have. i almost two just want to. GBA's do that. shy of having the setup
1: to have per, like Pac-Man versus like for real.
0: Yeah. So wait, was it? Was it okay? So was it? I thought it was one Game Boy yeah, Advance. It's it's and the, no. The, um, and and the Pac-Man I, plays on there and I the ghosts are on the TV. D- wait, I thought, I thought that's you how did
1: it worked. like. I thought it was like uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, where like there's one person who's playing on the TV, and then there are the people. Yeah, we'll have to figure it out. I'm, I need
0: to Google it, actually, because I, I can't remember. <laughs> I definitely did it. But by the way, we're back. Pac-Man versus. Hey, everybody. Hi. Well, here I am, scratching. Yeah, scratching we're going to talk about Yeah, that's fine. All right. Scratching. Google.com. Pac-Man versus I Game thought we were Kid. talking about... Nazi game. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. It's not my fault. I came back to you guys talking about Namco Museum Collection thing. Yeah, no, yeah, it's totally so. Yeah, it's like the the ghosts are on the screen. Holy shit! And they're they're in like three little circles up on the screen, do, and so they're uh, all playing with GameCube game yeah. controllers, and then Pac-Man plays with that oh, the man, very simple 2D map right on the Game Boy. Uh, no, it's it's so, dirty, game? dirty That's, cheap.
1: Like because it was, like, cause it was with Pac-Man, Pac-Man uh, right, Adventure. Or? Cool. No, no, Pac-Man World Two. Pac Man World Two, and then versus is just packed in. Yeah, ah, uh, awesome. Yes,
0: very cool. Okay, yes. So we're we're going to talk about killing Nazis in games, and I guess I mean the reason we're doing this is, is quite serious, actually. Uh, we're probably we will make light of some things, but we're not going to make light of what happened over the weekend uh, in Charlottesville. Um, there was uh, basically a white supremacist rally was happening, a Unite the Right rally. Uh, it got Nazi out of hand. And it, yes, very much, it very much turned into a Nazi rally. No other way to, nothing else to call it. They call themselves that. They did the Hitler salute more than once. Um, And all of the points that they are, you know, used as talking points were classic Nazi propaganda. Um, Things got out of hand when, when one of the people who came from Ohio, I can't remember his name right now. He came from Ohio to attend one of these rallies, decided to drive his car into a group of counter-protesters who were there to stand against these people. No, um, he
2: did not decide to drive his car. He decided to purposely injure people.
0: Yes, he decided to basically he became a murderer in that moment and he's being charged with second-degree murder. He has he murdered one person, injured 19 others. And yeah, it was um it was a tough weekend to see that. It was made no easier by a uh, lack of leadership from the White House, um, which was kind of a super bummer to see, but not unexpected in in any way. And it's just gotten worse since then. Today, I don't know. It's gotten. Kind of, <laughs> it's just kind of like gone down the drain. He came out. Uh, President Trump came out, did a statement saying, "Yeah, Nazis are bad." When he was reading from a teleprompter, and now today he has kind of doubled down on coddling and giving uh, sympathy to these Nazis. So, uh, what, what we often do, uh, at least for me, uh, is kind of retreat into entertainment in times like these. i you know, I like to watch the Rocketeer cause they kill Nazis in that movie. And I like, um, Indiana Jones cause they kill Nazis in that movie. And I grew up on entertainment where Nazis were the carefree bad guy. You could kill them without having to worry about a thing. Cause what, what's the moral qualm here? It's all like, you're all in the right, no matter what, when they are the bad guy, you know, it's like them zombies, um, you know, like, uh, in more recent movies, like, uh, uh, uh sex traffickers and things like that these are like people that are all very bad without question um so what i wanted to do here is kind of look back at the history of nazis and games and then maybe pick some of the best ones uh that were our favorites come growing up or more recently um any one of those do you guys want to start do you guys have I, I've one that got, jumps I got my one when we bring this
1: and up? it's perfect because you know jeff it, you talked about like sort of retreating into fiction and, and uh retreating into entertainment to sort of protect yourself from the horror of of real life monsters. And the thing that I, I, I've sort of always loved about entertainment is that it's an effective way to really fight against monsters like Nazis. I mean, you know, Captain America Captain America wasn't like after World War Two and seeing you know this drawing of Steve Rogers punching Hitler in the face it was 1941 and the the wonderful thing that fiction and entertainment and and self-expression can do is can it, it can take the seriousness of these people away from them it can make them look ridiculous um you know, it's like the FBI's actual plan of using the the Superman radio show in the 1950s to make the Ku Klux Klan seem ridiculous so that nobody would ever want to associate these people because not just because you're a s- evil scumbag for thinking like they do, it's that you're also embarrassing. You're, you're pathetic. You're pathetic. Pathetic. And yeah, you're pathetic. And my, my favorite Nazi-killing video game of all time is bionic commando by capcom uh and it's the nes bionic commando and in bionic commando you you play through this game and it's sort of uh it's fanciful you're a guy with a ridiculous grappling hook arm and you 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 know you fight soldiers who are everywhere and you have this spiky goku hair and it you know it's just a ridiculous action game. And then when you're in the the towns, you actually see Nazis. You see these Nazi officers, and they're kind of terrifying. And then you go back to shooting bad guys, and then you get to the final stage, and there's a, a cryogenically frozen Hitler sitting there as the final boss of this game. And it's this bizarre moment of something pathetic and cartoonish. Because you see, like, this... This body of Hitler, like, floating in a tank. And then it drains out, and he comes back to life. And he's, he's giving commands to his generals, and you're like, Oh, shit, this is serious! Adolf Hitler is back! And then you blow up his spaceship, and then, on the NES of all things, the last thing that happens in this game is you grapple hook off of a ledge and shoot a bazooka into the window of a helicopter that Hitler is escaping in, And in (laughs) NES graphics, you're treated to five freeze frames of Hitler's stupid face slowly exploding in horrific graphic (laughs) detail. And it's perfect. It's awesome. I cannot encourage everybody enough. Go on the PlayStation Network and Xbox Live and download Bionic Commando Rearmed it's not the face explosion is not as good in in the remake, but it's a close approximation. Only c- got yeah, a CRT hand can handle that for, that for sure. But that you
0: know, yeah,
1: yeah, Just I'm go one get on one from your, your local recycling center. Yeah, they're they're giving them away. And this was <laughs> a f- I, I want to say Bionic Commando came out in eighty seven, so it's thirty years old this year, and that is. Six, seven years after Castle Wolfenstein, which is... Castle Wolfenstein for PC, was that 80? 81. Well, the, well, the original is 81. Is it or that 80, late? No, no, no 84. Shit. Excuse me.
2: Really? Uh, yeah. So, there... I, I,
1: yeah. No, you're right. No, 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 no. It was 84. It, the port I
0: played was 81 Is that, Jeff, is
1: that the origin... Of all Nazi fighting in video games, is is it Castle Wolfenstein?
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I you think I, I would I would assume so. I uh, you know I'm sure it might not be. The, it it's not necessarily for sure the beginning, but it's uh, for all intents and purposes, it's the one that everyone's going to go to when you say what's the beginning here. Uh, Castle Wolfenstein, and then uh, was it mecha you know, Hitler, Wolfenstein three right. D that had mecha Hitler actually? And yeah, which was just a a great moment as well, where it's like uh, Again, it's almost like turning these these real world evil people into something absurd. Where it's like, okay, make a Hitler. You're you're kind of. Uh, it's not necessarily making them look pathetic and like a clown, although it is. It's it's absurd. Uh, but it's also just sort of being. Uh, it, it takes them to a point where it's hard to believe that they were ever actually real. Which is, I mean, maybe it backfires a little bit today when you have to deal with them in real life, but. At the time, you're like, yeah, these these people are so absurd. Yeah, of course, he probably was riding around in a giant mech suit and taking people out with his uh, dual Gatling gun arms or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I I always appreciated that. But, I mean, in modern day, I think uh, that series kept going and just kept getting bigger and better. And then Wolfenstein, um, the New Order, I believe, or, uh, yeah, Wolfenstein, the New Order, just absolutely was just a great way to spend a couple of hours and a cool story and a cool environment, just taking these guys out every which way you can imagine, with all kinds of fun guns, uh, with in a very visceral way, with with knife combat and melee combat. Um, I I love that game because it was very much about the humanity of the people fighting the the most inhumane thing. Such a yeah, such a great story and such great characters, um, and then it was just always punctuated by these great combat moments where you are guilt free taking out Man, some if, of the you if know, you had you know, told discover- me- universe. So, if you uh, had told me that that the whole franchise was
1: going it. to be yeah. the most politically relevant game of 2017.
0: Uh, I'm... <laughs> yep, uh, never would have believed
1: that. Nazi and Klan.
0: Uh, yep, together at last.
2: So, I have, I have, a I have a, you know, a very different viewpoint when it comes to playing Nazi game g- games where you kill Nazis mm-hmm. than the two of you might, because you mm-hmm. know I am Jewish. But right. you know, you know, the Wolfenstein games were always a power fantasy for me, and. A little uncomfortably so, because you you know the level enjoyment you would get from from those would just be a little too much, and but the games that I always enjoyed fighting the Germans, fighting the Nazis hmm. for me were always naval games, and and the one that stands out for me that was one of my favorites was uh, the stu- I'm the not Sunstrike I'm not familiar series, with this Jason, where you're playing a submarine? Huh. Well, it's, it's it's sub warfare. So, you know, you're seeking ships and, you know, the Germans were always the best at sub warfare, but you get to turn it on the head and you could, you know, depending on the way you set up scenarios, you could, you, you could be seeking their ships. Um, and the other game that I wear in which I really enjoy naval combat when it comes to seeking ships, you know, is of course, wargaming's world of warships. Uh, Cause there's lots of people who like playing the German ships. I, Tend to play the American ships, and I really I tend to single out and go after the German ships over the Japanese ships or other American ships or other (laughs) British ships or Soviet ships. Um, That's the way. Can you
1: still play play this? Can you? Do you? Is it easy to access these games, Jason?
2: Well, world. Sure, well, yeah. of course, World Warships is a live game. You know, it came out a couple of years ago. I reviewed it. Um, the sudden strike series long hasn't time. been around. But, like, is it a good
1: old features, games? Uh, I think. F- feature? Can you can you go there and check it out? I guess if it was only a decade ago, you could probably go on Steam. Uh.
2: Yeah, you might be able to find things on Steam. I think the last one was on Steam. I think you might be able to find some on Good Old Games.
0: I, uh, another game I always kind of think of when I think of, uh, the way that n- games often just use Nazis to uh, fill in, to just drag them and then, you know, make them the go-to bad guys, uh, Nazi zombies in call of duty. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of how this, how it's branched off and become like the other thing in call of duty. I, you know, it's a fine horror mode. Um, but at the time as a bonus at the end of call of duty, black ops one, I think, um to kind of get in there and have i I think you were like it was richard mcnamara you were you played up like a bunch of like real world people like uh like richard nixon they had all these like voice impersonators doing a really good job where you would be in this room and they were attacking you and i i I, it was it was a really weird thing i mean that might have been black ops 2 but um either way it was very kind of interesting to have this game that was kind of trying to take itself seriously with its its uh sort of psychological warfare storyline and you couldn't, you didn't know what to believe one thing or the other. And then it was like, you know, you know, pretty big surprise ending and the credits rolled. And then all of a sudden you were fighting an undead horde of Nazis. Um, It was a kind of an interesting way to cap off that game. Something I kind of wish more games would do something along those lines in terms of having a surprise at the end of its credits, but uh, I understand why you can't do that regardless. It was kind of, it was, yeah, but you, you could see how, like even now, like no matter what, Throughout the rest of the Call of Duty series, even when they, the games have nothing to do with Nazis, one way or the other, the the, the zombies are always also still Nazis, and it's just kind of like, yeah, peanut butter and jelly—they can't help, but they can't pull yeah. apart if it's too well together.
2: But I think American game designers need to yeah. focus more on the clan. on the yes. White, this
0: is this is a really super, good point. Separate,
2: yeah. you know, the white supremacist who rose out of the Confederates. The Confederacy's lost it out of Jim Crow, um, and Jim Crow, and and and, you know that needs to be more of a focus. The Nazis at this point, yes, you've got the Klan coming out in the new Wolfenstein game, but that's still an alternative reality where the Germans won, and therefore the Nazis are in America, and therefore that enables the Klan to have its grand comeback. But
1: um, you know, but there's also we we have at least seen in the past year. The very real success of Mafia Three, and 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 the fact the fact yeah, that that's Mafia what Three, bring up as well. <clears throat> a you know like I, I you know Mafia Three has its problems, but the the there are two things that are incredibly encouraging to me about Mafia Three, and it's a the, the fact that Take Two is even willing to make a game on that scale with that kind of investment and make that story is. So encouraging. It's it's so, it's and you know, it, it's a dramatic change from the industry as it was even ten years ago, where uh, big publishers like Take Take Two were so adverse to any kind of risk in terms of subject matter. You know, it's not even like that they didn't want to be controversial. They were perfectly happy to have the controversy of you know Grand Theft Auto or or even a, a bully you know because that was a, a way to, to to get your get your work noticed uh, but this this is challenging mm-hmm. stuff and it's equally you know uh, encouraging that the audience responded that people were playing this game that people were excited to experience the perspective of a black american in the 1960s and having to know what that world was like it's yeah, I want to. I want to see more of that, and I really hope we do.
0: Well, I mean, speaking of seeing more of that, I mean, do, do you have any faith that Ubisoft Man, will do right knows? by Far Cry
1: Five? Ubisoft does not shy away from doing something that is, you know, bombastically provocative, but the Far Cry stories are not exactly known for their nuance, you know.
2: Nor nor is the setting of Montana really a place where you could take on the racial divisions of America. I mean, well, yeah,
0: I, I I mean I would disagree with that because there are plenty of Mountain West extremist white supremacist groups. It's yeah, not, it's not the Ku Klux Klan. It's, not, it's not, like, not the Nazis.
2: No, what I mean is, there's not going to be a lot of black people around there. There's not going to be a lot right. of Mexican well, people around there.
0: This is like this is exactly the point though. I played the game of E3, and huh. there were multiple black members of this cult yeah. that I had to shoot. Which just, to me, is so, is so tone deaf. It is so uh, dishonest, almost, to a point. Because, look, I, I'm not going to pretend to know every, uh, the, you know, the feelings of every black American. But I've met a lot of black Americans. And one thing I'm pretty confident in saying is that I would have a hard time believing that most of them, if yeah. any of them, would join a cult in the middle of Montana. Like, that was, that's kind of a thing that most would be, like, shy away from. <laughs> they would have something better to do. Uh, They would not have a lot of time or wouldn't put a lot of trust in someone coming up. Some white guy coming up and saying, you know, come join my religion. Uh, That's just not, it's not realistic. And the only reason you put the black members in the cult is so that you can avoid some political point. Uh, So, uh, you know, it was an E3 build. It's not finished. And maybe these are standing characters from, you know, they just had ready to go, you know, to get the gameplay down, which is a thing that happens. But but I, I don't know. It was a weird thing to see. It was very, very disorienting orienting from what I was expecting. I was expecting them actually to make that point, to say, you know, this is a white supremacist group. And, you know, they, they do have, like, the black preacher who is going to be a character in this game who is one of the leaders of the resistance against the, against the cult. Uh, so you're like, it's all set up right there. Um, and then this undermines the point, and it feels like it's not going to take it seriously uh, in the way that – that, you know, you described Mafia 3 did a pretty pro- admirable, job, admirable job at it. So, right. So we'll see. We'll see how the game turns out. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, the, the thing is that these games are so infrequent at this point that, uh, you know, we go from, we jump from Mafia 3 to Far Cry 5 and without much in between, at least on the AAA scale. So, uh, you know, that they make a big impact and they are going to kind of define the conversation going forward. Um, hopefully I I'm hoping that in terms of race relations in games, and especially in, in terms of uh, discussing American race relations, I hope mafia three has the longer lasting impact than far cry five. If it turns out like I've seen it so far. Um, and
2: I hope we get some crazy game coming out on steam yeah, or yeah. monuments around the country.
0: Yeah, for sure. That would yeah, be that, fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's some, there's a lot to be done there. Um, you know i even i don't know i'd even play like a twine game about how those monuments even got out in the first place first place which apparently a lot of them were just like constructed cheaply and mass manufactured and put up in the last 70 years so they aren't really that much of a history thing so yeah uh there's definitely a lot of content there to be to be taken and to be discussed uh hopefully someone doesn't cool guys any other games you'd like to mention uh you know, Indiana Jones had a couple that he, never he beat up some Nazis in some games. I like adventures. those. Uh, I've heard they're
1: amazing. The, the
0: yep, yeah, I, I really do actually like the Indiana Jones ones. Yeah, but yeah, cool. I I, no, I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us. Before we head out, though, Anthony, why don't Everybody you tell you everyone where they can find, find you me on
1: Twitter dot com at a John Agnello. That's the the indefinite article. A John Agnello, and you can always find me uh, manning the social wheels of steel for for all of Venture Beat and Games Beat. You should follow Venture Beat and GamesBeat on Twitter. It's just the names, and follow us uh, on Facebook if you're watching us there, uh, and and don't happen to follow us already. Jason. Well, you can find
2: me on Twitter at jason underscore wilson all lowercase and you'll see my work every now and then when i have time to write on game but mostly you'll see me you know editing everyone's work
0: and i'm on twitter at jeff grubb uh, you also get me on youtube i sometimes make some videos youtube.com slash jeffrey grubb Uh, We're not streaming there this week, but normally we are on Twitch. If you could follow us on Twitch, if you want to see some of our PUBG tournaments that we're going to be putting on on Friday nights, uh, I appreciate that. It was a really good time. You guys should join us. Um, Otherwise, yeah. Bye, And we'll see you next week.
2: Thank you.